Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys. Welcome back to our slash entitled people, where Karens think that they can do what they want, when they want, because they're special. And in today's episode, guys, holy moly, is it wild. We've got Karens ruining funerals, causing mayhem at the library, calling cops when they're the ones trespassing. Oh boy, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Let's dive in. So I work for a public library in a small town, and we have a policy that if anyone calls or comes in looking for someone, we are not allowed to tell them if they're here or not, or where they can find them. This is for cases where someone might be looking to fight someone, or a random person's looking for a child that may or may not be theirs. Now with that in place, let's set the scene. I was working last night, and around 6pm, I get a call and I answer. I basically say, hi there, this is County Library, how may I help you? The woman on the phone says, yes, I'm looking for my daughter. She then gives a brief description of the child, and she says, she should be there, she came in with another lady. I tell the woman, oh, I'm sorry ma'am, we're not allowed to tell you who's here or not, as we can't verify that you're who you claim to be. At that, Karen says, what? So I tell her again and say, we can't tell you if a child is here because we can't verify that you're the parent. Karen says, what the hell? She then pauses and I can hear her yell to someone in the background. She says to them, they won't tell me if she's there because they can't verify that I'm the parent of my own damn daughter. How stupid is this? The woman abruptly hangs up the phone. Since we're the only two there closing for the night, I tell my coworker we might get an angry lady coming in looking for a child and she already knows that we can't tell her anything. So sure enough, around 10 or 15 minutes later, Karen huffs into the place, screaming, where's my daughter? I say to her, this is a library, ma'am. You need to lower your voice or you need to leave. And I told you on the phone that we're not allowed to tell you who's here, but you can have a look around. Hearing me say that, she loses it and says, don't you tell me to lower my damn voice. I'm looking for my daughter. Now, where is she? I tell the woman, again, I can't tell you. Now lower your voice and calm down, or I'll be forced to call the police to escort you out of the building. Now just a side note, our library is right next to the police station, like directly across. We're neighbors. Karen gets quiet. She huffs around the place as we're not that big, so it takes her like five minutes to look everywhere. Once she's finished, she comes back, and this is where crap really hits the fan. She screams at me and says, I can't find my daughter, so I'm gonna check back there. She then points to the entrance to the staff-only back room for desk workers. I say to her, ma'am, you can't go back there. There's only two of us working, and I can't allow you back there in the first place. It could be a liability. Karen says, well, my daughter could be back there. I tell her, ma'am, that's the staff room. 1,000% your daughter's not back there. Now, I'm going to have to ask you to leave because you're being disruptive and disturbing the peace. At that, she says, no, I'm calling the police. You're holding my daughter hostage. She then proceeds to actually call the police while I just sit there dumbfounded. About five minutes later, three police cars arrive. 
for a retrieval of a child who's not even here. As they walk in, Karen starts screeching, they have my daughter locked up in the back and they won't let her out. Hearing that, the police officer looks concerned because we're a public library and I have to explain what's happening and I have to unlock the staff only door for them to search. An officer goes and looks around back there and then comes out and says, lady, there's no one back here. Do you know where your daughter was last? Karen says, she was here last and this jackass wouldn't tell me if she's here or not. She then looks at me and screams, you're the reason I can't find my daughter. I then tell the officer, our policy is we can't tell you if someone's here. It's to prevent people looking for their drug dealer, a specific person to fight, or in the case of children, so they're not abducted. We can't confirm you're the parent. And photos don't help because we don't know if they're not allowed to see their child because of visitation issues from divorce or a loss of custody. In this case, it was the very last option. The police officer just shakes her head and looks at Karen and says, Did they tell you this already? Karen starts saying, Yes, but... She then starts choking up. At this point, an older woman and a girl walk in with snacks and a drink. The old woman starts to yell and says, Why the hell are you here? Did you come to see Emily? Are you insane? We've discussed this many times with my son that you can't be popping up trying to see Emily. Karen then screams, But I miss my daughter. I wanted to see her. The old lady then tells police she lost that right when she left her daughter in a car to buy drugs and she disappeared for hours. You're lucky she's even here. Karen starts to bawl. The officers split up and they talk to the old woman while the others detain Karen to see if she needs to be arrested. Sadly, this is where it ends as we're not told anything, but it was really effing crazy and pretty fun. I mean, we get a lot of weird people who come in, but by far, this is the most exciting. Guys, that was a wild ride and I'm glad that policy is in place to avoid people like Karen coming in and taking her child away when she's not even supposed to have custody. My goodness. With that said, I'm glad Karen called the cops on herself because she might have also not been in her right state of mind. Like, the woman seemed pretty convinced that the library was holding her daughter hostage. Again, guys, I never knew that was a policy for a lot of places until reading the comments and for good reason. This person says, I also work at a library and we've got the same policy. So do the other two library systems I've worked for. For the same reasons too, we don't know who the person is in relation to the kid. But we do have a teeny loophole for the regular kids. I tell the parent that if I see the child, I'll tell them their parent wants them to call and make it clear that what the kid actually does is up to them. That way, the parent doesn't know if the kid's there or not and the kid knows whether to call that person. So I live by a river, and every now and again, the ski club there hosts events like open days or concerts and parties. They also have a small caravan park for people to stay. Now and again, some kids staying over or whose parents are at an event will go on a children's climbing frame that's in this unfenced area of our garden. I also want to note that this climbing frame is fully on our property. There are signs saying it's private property, but we're not too bothered when kids play on it because it's only sometimes. Recently, the ski club hosted a beer festival and it ended up being very popular. This meant so many parents decided to take their kids to the ski club for the day. On that morning, I was woken up by dozens of high-pitched screams and I looked out of my window to see what's going on. To my surprise, there was about 20 to 30 kids all playing on my climbing frame out in the garden. I realized what happened and I was furious. All the parents had left their kids at our climbing frame to entertain themselves while they all got drunk. So I decided to go out there and basically tell the kids that they can't play here. 
They all left, and we finally decide to flip over my climbing frame as a passive-aggressive way of saying F off. But soon after, some parents came and they flipped it back over, almost destroying our fence in the process. And it continued to drive us all slowly insane. We decided that we needed to do something drastic, and I called my friend. So my friend rushes over with some basic tools, like a screwdriver, allen key, etc., and we began to disassemble the climbing frame. Halfway through, we got bored of just unscrewing it all, and most bolts were rusty and not coming off, so we started breaking it and snapping bits off. This was where most parents came to see what we were doing. They were mainly decent people, and they were just worried about us potentially being vandals. So when they realized that it was ours, they apologized, and they took their kids and left. All but one. Enter the entitled Karen. The woman rushes over, grabs her son, and clutches him in her arms and screams, Excuse me, but what are you vandals doing? I tell the Karen, we're not vandals, this is my property, and we're just dismantling my climbing frame. Is that a problem to you? Karen says, this is yours? It's not yours? Are you criminals trying to say that you own this climbing frame? That belongs to the ski club? At this point, I escort her to a sign saying private property, and then pointed at all the others around my area. I say to her, hey, this is our climbing frame, it's on my property, ma'am. But of course, the woman couldn't say sorry and accept she was wrong. So she continues to pick a fight and says, Well, you need to let my kid play on it. Why on earth would you come out here and ruin all the fun the children are having? My son and all the other children were playing on here nicely, and you decide to come and take this away? Why? I tell her because they're distracting us, and it's private property map. And some kids aren't even playing on the climbing frame. They're coming into my garden and destroying my plants. It's at that point, she says, Well, you need to fix it before I call the police on you. This is the point my friend pipes up and says, What's the police gonna do? Are they going to arrest us for destroying a climbing frame that's on my friend's private property that belongs to him? Karen's red with anger at this point, and she begins screaming at my friend how he should respect her and not be this arrogant craphead. I get on the phone with my wife, and I tell her to get here, to talk some sense into Karen, as she's way better at this stuff than I am. I loudly say, Hi, this kind lady is mad that I'm breaking our climbing frame and saying I don't live here. Did you want to come down here and talk to her? As soon as Karen hears me on the phone, she storms over and says, Listen here, ma'am. Your evil husband is vandalizing a climbing frame and denying my child his right to play. You should know that you're married to a monster. At this point, my wife opens the window, and she begins screaming at Karen, telling her to F off and to leave our garden and leave us alone, before she calls the cops and ends this problem. Karen's confidence drops, and she walks away, but not before flipping off my wife and calling her not-so-nice names. Now, this might not be the most dramatic story in the world, but it's proof to at least me that these people exist everywhere. Guys, I love how OP's wife handled that situation. Just straight to the point. Get off my effing property before I call the cops. Like, this is exactly how you have to handle it when it comes to entitled people like this, who just want to keep the argument going. You can't talk nice to them. Also, it's a good thing OP came out and dismantled the thing because, honestly, this is the type of parent that would end up suing if their precious child got hurt playing on private property. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com So this story is from late September. It's the day after my birthday, and I was stoked to exist due to the wonderful birthday I had. Unfortunately, it was a Monday, and I had to commute to my university for class. No problem, since I was in such a good mood. I drive as normal, singing along to the music I had playing in my car. I took my exit as normal as well. However, when I got to the end of the exit where the stoplight is, a car ends up trying to switch lanes without signaling and ends up hitting me. The exit has three lanes towards the end, one to go left, one to go straight, and one to go right. I was in the middle lane, trying to go straight, and the car that hit me was in the left lane. I was terrified because this was my first accident. So we pull out of the exit and go into a nearby parking lot to call the police. And this is when the BS begins. The dad steps out of the driver's side of his car and he comes over to my passenger side window and he bangs on it screaming, Why did you hit my car? Why did you hit my car? His son, who's standing right behind him, says, Yo, what the F, lady? Do you know how much my dad's car is? Now, looking at it, I could see it was a Lexus, so I assumed a lot of money. At that point, I just lock my doors and call my dad. I was scared and shaken up and I just start crying. My dad reassures me that everything's gonna be okay and to just calm down and call the cops. I do just that, but the dad continues to be a prick while his son is also calling the cops. The guy's standing outside my passenger side window holding a checkbook. He keeps telling me, you're young and this will go on your permanent record. Can you even afford the increase in insurance? Let us give you money. When the son was done calling 911, he also joined his father and he starts being an effing prick yelling, Yo, just take the money and effing leave. We have places to be. Now, I'm no genius, but I knew that if I took the money and left, they would have told the cops who were on their way that it was a hit and run. Thus, the blame would be on me. I just put my headphones on and wait for the cops. All the while, the dad and son were goading me into taking their money and to just leave. The city police eventually come to the lot. When I saw the cop pull up, I put away my headphones and I step out of my car. The dad then marches straight towards him and starts screaming that I hit him while merging into the center lane. When the cop came to me, he told me that it's out of his hands since it was on a state highway. So state police was on the way. The officer then had the gall to tell me, drive responsibly next time, when it wasn't even my fault and without even asking for my side of the story. I get back in my car and lock the door once again as I waited for state police. Again, the dad and the kid were at my window banging on it, telling me to take their money and save my permanent record. The state police eventually arrived and they did their jobs. They asked me to tell my side and they asked the dad to tell their side. The dad and son said the exact same thing they told the city police, that I hit them while merging lanes, and I said the opposite. The state policeman didn't take their BS though. He looked at our damage and said that the damage on our cars said otherwise. Eventually, the police let us go, and the waiting game starts for the police report and insurance claims. 
Fast forward two and a half weeks, and the police report says exactly what the truth is. That the dad and son were at fault for the accident, and they actually told the cops that they offered me money to leave, but I didn't take it. They had to pay over $2,000 for my car repairs, as well as the money for my rental car. And my insurance did not even go up. Guys, this is why you should have a dash cam, because that would have saved all the headache having to deal with those two idiots. Like seriously, was his son really like, my dad's car is really expensive? I would have told him, buddy, you and your dad need to learn how to drive before buying such an expensive car. And this person says, if someone hit my car and started insisting that I take the money from them instead of filing a report, I would automatically assume that either they know it's their fault and want to avoid getting into trouble, or that they're not insured, and think offering a couple of hundred dollars will get them off the hook for paying out a few thousand in damages. Always call the cops and wait for a report. Also, if they're waving a checkbook instead of cash, that's double sketchy, because anyone can cancel or bounce a check, and then you're out everything. So a bit of backstory about this. Me and my friend worked for a really nice and really rich old woman for about six years. We did work around the house and in the garden. She would give us $22 an hour and would also give us lunch on the weekends and sometimes dinner if we worked late into the night. When we first started working for her, she had lived with her husband, who we'll call Gerald, but he passed away after about two years, so consequently, near the end, she lived alone. She treated us really well and we loved her like our own grandmother, so when she died, we were very upset. So cut ahead to the funeral. Being a rich woman, I guess she had a lot of rich friends and family and there were a lot of people there who came in big fancy cars and they looked rich. Also, being rich, our boss had a grand funeral. We were waiting to be let into the church when a Karen comes up to me. Now a thing to note is my friend and I are not rich at all. We didn't have anything fancy looking to wear so we both show up in jeans and a black top. Karen says to me, excuse me. My friend answers, yes. She then says, you both need to leave. Hearing that, me and my friend both say, what? She then scoffs and says, you're not wearing the right clothes. She then points to my friend's gray jeans and says, you need to leave before you disrespect anyone else. I will not allow it on this day. Now bear in mind that me and my friend had worked for the lady for six years. And to be told that we had to leave her funeral was like being told we couldn't go to our grandma's funeral. My friend says to Karen, well, there's no policy for what we wear. We just want to show up and pay our respects. We've actually worked. She then interrupts my friend and says, I bet that you don't even know her at all. That's when I say, then why would we be here then? She says, because you want to ruin everyone else's day. I will not allow it. Now, at this point, me and my friend are fuming. Like, the woman just came up to us at my boss's funeral and asked us to leave and said that we didn't even know her. At this point, I guess her husband appears and says, Is there something wrong, darling? Karen tells her husband, These people are stalking us, and they've come without an invitation. If you're here to crash this funeral, may God help you. Me and my friend are in shock, and her husband tells us, You kids need to leave. You don't belong here. I'm going to ask you to leave nicely before we call the police. My friend says, She was our boss for six years. We worked for her. She was like a family member to me, and if you don't have any kindness towards people, I don't see how you were related. My friend shouting was bringing a lot of attention towards us, so enters another couple. A woman comes over and says, is there something wrong? Karen says, yes, these criminals are refusing to leave. I have a hard time believing they know her. 
Again, I say we worked for her for six years. The man that came along said, "Can you prove that you know her?" My friend says yes. He then gets out his phone and shows him a picture of me and him with my boss on her birthday. There were people in the background, and the man seems to recognize a few of them. That's when a boy about 15 or 16 years old comes in. He says, "I remember them from her birthday. Nice to see you again, by the way." I then say to Karen, "That's enough proof. Now leave us alone." But Karen doesn't. She says, "If you don't leave right now, we'll call the police, and you will go to prison." She then throws her phone at my friend, making it bounce off his chest and onto the floor. She then screams, "You broke my phone! Now you will leave, or I'll call the police for destroying my property!" My friend just laughs in disbelief, and he goes to pick up her phone, and Karen goes to grab the phone out of his hand. And before walking away, she slaps him. My friend almost falls to the ground, but he keeps his balance while everyone else tries to grab Karen before she runs away. Karen's struggling and cursing at everyone at this point. I go to help my friend, but he seems okay. After this, the police are called, and Karen's charged with assault. The rest of the funeral went fine. Wow, guys, like leave it up to an entitled Karen couple to ruin a funeral, right? Like, why in the world are they trying to police a funeral in the first place? Like, just let people mourn and pay their respects, right? Like, I get what they were trying to do, and that Opie and his friend did look out of place, but damn, lady, I don't think people crash funerals. For some reference, my brother Connor is 19 years old. I'm 26, and my fiance Hunter is 28. Connor had a birthday last weekend, so he invites all of his friends over, and they're all like 18 to 22 year olds. They're drinking and playing games. Hunter and I were about to head out to let them have the place to themselves when Connor asked if we wanted to join them. I initially refused because I'm too old to be playing drinking games, but he insisted, and Hunter thought it would be fun to act like college kids again. We all got pretty drunk, and Connor had the idea of playing Never Have I Ever. A few rounds in, the statement "Never Have I Ever Cheated Before" comes up. Now is a good time to mention that Hunter is really against cheating. His ex-fiance cheated on him, and it emotionally wrecked him. And unfortunately, as a lot of dumb, immature 17-year-olds do, I happened to cheat on my boyfriend of five months. It was a stupid mistake. He found out, and he ended things. This was almost a decade ago, and I obviously learned my lesson. And I look back at that time with shame. And I've obviously never cheated since. Well, my brother knows about this, so when I didn't drink, he went and said, "Hey, sis, what the hell? You know you cheated on Joseph. You have to drink to that." Hearing that, my boyfriend paused, looked at me, looked at him, and just walks out of the room. I followed him and tried to talk to him and tell him that it was a stupid teenage mistake. But he wasn't having any of it, and he ended things on the spot. I'm numb and heartbroken. He was my everything and more, and I don't know how I'm gonna move on. Connor tried to apologize, but I feel nothing but sadness and emptiness. This morning, I served him an eviction notice. He begged me to stay, and he said he shouldn't be kicked out over something like that. That he didn't mean to ruin my relationship, and that he didn't think when he said those words. I just can't look at him right now. He's ruined my life, and I want him out of my house. I feel so hurt. Am I being unreasonable? Oh boy, guys! So there's a lot of people saying that everyone is a bit of an a-hole in this post, but the biggest a-hole of all that a majority of people seem to agree with is Opie's ex-fiance Hunter. Like, are you really gonna hold someone's past against them like this? And to me, it sounds so immature dumping someone over a dumb teenage mistake before you were even in their life. 
And this person says, I'm gonna have to say everyone sucks here. Why your brother's the a-hole is bringing up your regretful teenage mistakes. It's a huge no-no. I don't know why he thinks that exclaiming to everyone, hey everyone, my sister's a cheater, was a great move. But I guess it's because he was drunk. Alcohol does make you do stupid things. Why your fiancé is the a-hole? Probably the most controversial of them, but I think your ex-fiancé sucks the most. I get being hurt in the past because of cheating, but he's holding a mistake that you made when you were a teenager against you. Assuming you're being honest that you never cheated on him and you've never given any indication that you did, and the relationship was otherwise fulfilling, breaking off an engagement over something you did a decade ago is overkill. And why you are the a-hole. You're misdirecting your anger, and I get being upset because your fiancé left you, but I think that's more of a fiancé problem than a brother problem. From your story, he wasn't being malicious, and he's obviously remorseful. No great relationship should end that suddenly and without warning, especially considered it happened a decade ago. I wouldn't let this blip ruin an otherwise good relationship with your brother. Forgive him. And this person says, I agree about the fiancé. To be honest, I was about to say everyone sucks here, but I really think the brother did Opie a huge favor. This is a giant red flag. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, let me know what you would do in that situation. Does everyone suck? Are you choosing a side? Let me know in the comments below. If you enjoyed today's stories, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're not subscribed. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash malicious compliance episode, where OP tells tales about his horrible boss and how he destroys him. Guys, go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.